What's up, everybody? Uh, we are back just after the Warcraft Reforged episode we recorded. Uh, this is an interview I did with No Regret again, our first video interview I did in the new studio we've been using in Seoul. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to upgrade this to video and, and put things together. And uh, we're still in the process of learning a lot of how to use camera angles and... Um, I don't know. It's a whole different animal when you have cameras on you, but um, I've really been enjoying it. Uh, we talk about a lot, but I want to make it clear. Uh, this was recorded actually before I went to uh, Evo in Japan and before Warcraft 3 was announced. So uh, we do talk a little bit about our concerns with the future of RTS. Um, and it was kind of fitting that this conversation happened right before Warcraft 3 came out. Um, but in case you're watching this and wondering why Warcraft 3 is not brought up, it's because of the timing of the recording. Uh, if you want to hear my thoughts on the Warcraft 3 or Forge situation, you can check that out in the previous podcast. Um, and that's it. If you guys want to support us, patreon.com forward slash tasteless podcast. And here's our episode with no regret. So you were never into sports? No. My, my dad was big into hockey, like really big. Yeah. Um, well... I think pretty much everybody's big into hockey in Canada, but <clears throat> I'm not interested in any of it. It's really boring to me. I can't get into most um, conventional sports, to be honest. Mm. I feel like they're actually as convoluted as, as MOBAs also seem to me at times. Mm. There's so many rules and so much so stuff, stuff to stuff follow. On, which is weird as a StarCraft player to say, you know what I mean? But like, yeah, but StarCraft is just top down, very easy to follow if well, you know like, what you're looking like for. Like MMA, I can watch and I can appreciate like. They can't headbutt each other, um, uh, you know, all these other, they, they can't step on each other's nads, stuff like that. But <laughs> you get the basic idea. But a lot of team sports, like American football, yeah, too complicated, man. Too slow as well. I can appreciate some of them, though. Even though, like, I don't yeah. like watching them, it's, it's very interesting to me still. Like, I, I won't sit long periods of time, but short periods of time, it's very interesting to see, like, people pushing themselves and... Uh-huh. Were, you, were you ever pushed into sports at all? Yeah. As a I, kid? My parents pushed me Because you are 6'5", yeah. or what is that, 192, 95 centimeters? centimeters? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> well, I was pushed into baseball when I was really young. Baseball? Yeah. But were you, were you a tall kid when you were little? A little bit. I was a little bit bigger. Nothing crazy. I think I started getting really big in like grade 8, which is like... 13, yeah. something like that. I think by the time I was 14, I was already six foot tall. So I only came five inches after like four more years, maybe. Do you ever think that because you were a successful pro gamer, you could have been a really good athlete? Yes. Really? I, do. I actually do. <clears throat> I think that because I was a successful StarCraft player, if I had put my mind into anything and just put the same amount of dedication, yeah. I would succeed at literally anything. Yeah. That's, that's how I feel. I don't know if it's necessarily true. But you think it's possible you could have been a colossal failure to everything else? Okay, so I have a hypothesis on my life. Yeah. I was destined to be really successful at something or be a complete failure. But there's no between. Like, I'm not going to be an average, like, person and then go into average college and then do average at that and then go into an average, like, off, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was either going to excel at school or be completely disinterested and fail out of it. I was either going to excel, because it's just like, I'm a person that puts 100% into something or 0%. Okay, so if you never left in Canada, if StarCraft didn't exist, mm. what would you be doing? And would you be in Canada? I would definitely be in Canada, I think, okay. 100%. In your hometown? Yeah, probably. Well, What's your hometown again? Barrie, which is like an hour from Toronto. But it's hard to say because a lot of people that live in Barrie are just commuters. Okay. It's a commuter town from, from Toronto. So what would your job have been? I don't even know. So before StarCraft, my big interests were still games. 
But I don't think I could have played professionally on any of them. Like, I played Call of Duty a lot because I was, like, yeah. a kid. Well, there's a scene for that. Yeah, I played Halo a lot because I was a kid. And that was, right. like, those, those were the games when I was playing. But I was never really compelled by it. I was kind of just playing outside of high school. And then I was really compelled by StarCraft. Like, exceedingly compelled by it. And I remember the reason why was because there was a ladder. And it yeah. was the first game I ever played with a ladder. And the ladder pinned me up against other people. And when I was placed in bronze, I was like, no, this is unacceptable. So you're comfortable being ranked? Yes. Well, I'm a person who excels in ranking. Because rank. so much of the ladder now, it seems like they're trying to avoid really confronting I you with it. your rank. Yeah, I don't like that. I like it being really hardcore and really I understand why, seeing though. exactly where I'm at. I understand why, but I, I hate it as a competitive person. Yeah. Like, I need to know when I suck, right? Yeah. And even at other things when I'm playing, like I can't tell. Like uh, I'll play chess and all these other things and... I make mistakes or whatever, but I can't tell how much I am, like how much I suck, really, unless I play a ton of games or whatever right. it is. Um, but StarCraft was always very much like win-loss and very obvious that you just got dominated, you know? Like, yeah. For a chess, I can make a mistake and then it's done, you know? <laughs> like the game's over. Yeah, you, you can be completely, feel that bad. completely like, you owned. That was my bad, but... You know. Yeah, you just move the piece in the wrong spot. You just dominated the whole time, never once be anywhere close to your opponent. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You can have a chess opening that's like <clears throat> you've copied it from a master or grandmaster, and you're kind of playing it out. You might not know why you're doing it, mm. but I guess StarCraft is actually a little bit like that Starcraft too. Is, but um, there's, I feel like there's a lot more compelling losses. Like a lot of people that watch GSL feel like that when they're playing mm. copying a pro, they might not have all the ins and outs on why they're doing something. It's interesting. I think copying pro gamers is really hard. I, I remember when I first started playing, there were a lot of build order guides, right? And I never really liked following the build order guides because as soon as the build order guide ends, I have a hundred million question marks. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I feel comfortable up to the build order, and then he scouts me. I'm like, where does it say what happens when he scouts me in the build order? You know, the fuck do I do now? Well, I'll have like six roaches. I'm like, do I, do I go? Do I not go? Yeah, that would like, that would have had to have been pre-streaming. This was this was. I like, guess streaming started streaming like, about a year after StarCraft. Like, it was kinda. out. I Maybe mean, six it was months. There, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, build order guides are very well. They were usually wrong. True. First of all, it was just somebody writing up, like well, some, somebody very, doesn't know how to cook, writing up a recipe on how to make it. It was very really a pro gamer or someone who built the, like a build order guide. Yeah. Like even now, a lot of the build order guides aren't by pro gamers. Like yeah. there are some, but it's very rare to have like a pro gamer make a build order guide. Yeah. Um, I don't know why though. I feel like a lot of. Pro I think getting getting there. pros to really share knowledge is actually. It, it's. I think it's hard to get them. It's kind of like getting pros to do anything is kind of like <laughs> trying to shepherd cats around. Um, I've thought for a long time if you had some kind of a, a forum that uh, only pros could post on, but everybody could read and that you could read really discussions, cool. yeah. that that would be a really good way to learn. But I don't know. A lot of pros don't seem to be interested so in sharing content. Yeah. A lot of the pros shit on each other. Yeah, <laughs> it would be just—it would be like the most amazing thing. I wish I could just take because I'm—I'm not even that heavily in compared to like some of the other people. I was more into pro discussions and all this stuff in maybe 2017, 2016. Yeah, um, but there is so much interesting dynamic because everyone travels together, everyone knows each other. They're all everybody knows how they play. Everybody knows what people like, what people don't like. Like for me, if I wanted to be one of the best, I need to learn like 30 people. <laughs> Right. You know what I mean, it's really not that many people. Uh, if this is your job, this is what you do every day. So it's quite interesting. And I wish that people could have that insight into like people's personality because there's so much personality that isn't shown on camera. I, I still feel like StarCraft, 
we have a lot of content. We always have as far as watching pros play, but there's not a lot of educational stuff. I mean, obviously, like my brother Day Nine made a lot of early on educational content. But I think when you get to the real pro stuff, Pig's been very useful in this regard. But as far as anybody who's currently a pro gamer um, sharing that. Tim is making stuff now. Oh, I didn't know about yeah, that, actually. that is like, he's, there's very few people. Lambo does a bit. Like, they're all kind of dabble, but I think the big thing is, like, it, it's almost never profitable to make content right now, unless that's yeah. your full-time job. And nobody's going to give up being a pro gamer to make content. Why, why is it not profitable? Is that just because YouTube <clears throat> is just hard to make low. money off of? Or? Our numbers are too low for StarCraft YouTube channels, unless you're full-time pumping out videos every day. Uh, it takes a lot of skills that programmers don't have like uh, editing and marketing like programmers sure. don't do those things so you'd have to hire someone i think it's programmers don't like to take those risks too of like putting your own money on the line for it to, to fail like it's too much work for a pro gamer programmers don't want to worry about anything they just want to practice and, and that's it right which um which are we allowed to say which pros are coming out i don't know if it's secret for There's for no this year secret. for gsl oh you mean for Foreigners? Yeah. 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 There's, it's not really secretive. Um, I just haven't announced anything. So Scarlett is in Canada. So that's one person that's usually here that isn't. She'll mm-hmm. be back after Katowice. Um, so Sort of is here now. Risky is here now. Uh, Drogo is coming in January, middle January. Australia is here now. I'm here now. Um, and then there's going to be two Korean players living at our house that are up and coming Koreans, which is quite exciting. Which ones? Uh, Chance and... Percival, I know you don't know who Percival is. No. You may not know Chance either. No. Because you're a GSL commentator. Right. <clears throat> Chance and Chance is pretty good. He's like borderline the problem with GSL is it's so cutthroat. Like you have to be one of the best. He's like yeah. borderline there. GSL is almost impossible to get into. There's a whole layer of players that are competing and, and, and just not quite able to break that membrane. The thing is the membrane might be broken more now because of how many retirements there are. Yeah. I would be very surprised if Chance doesn't qualify at least once this year. I think we're going to have, and, and some of this is, is out of the hands of even the, the pros. It depends on how many people can get their military service um, deferred mm. and, and pushed back. Because um, obviously there is the new three-year contract for StarCraft II. So we have three more years of, of what we already know. Right. Um, while we're recording this, GSL hasn't been announced, but it should have been announced by then. I will probably yeah. be casting by then. Um, but, yeah, if, if all or even a quarter of the pros have to do their military service, which they eventually have to do. If we're um, getting to that age where the young players, when StarCraft II first came out, are going to military. Does that make sense? Yes, sense? yes. Like the young players in GSL Season 1, 2010... <clears throat> Are going to military <laughs> like think yeah. about that yeah. the old players are out or are th- this year like classic deferred it as much as he could i think he's like 29 or something like that i don't think you can do much more than that it's hard i think you have to you can send a letter to the government if you're a korean and and, and plea your case yeah basically say okay like i'm traveling around the world this is a unique opportunity it's good for uh representing korea globally stuff like that but yeah, it's got to be tricky. You know, this it's is something classic. we just get to dodge. Yeah. That's like, nice we don't have to do it. Thank God, man. If Classic can't but, do it, then nobody can. Yeah. Because Classic is one of the most notable Korean players of all time. Yeah. <clears throat> he has exceeding results everywhere, internationally and locally. He has a huge following. Like, if he can't do it, nobody can. I don't, I don't care who you are. In StarCraft specifically, sorry. 
like there's no one bigger and there's no one more like like he's in his prime right now like he is perfect to keep going yeah i guess for some of the younger ones they can try to push it back but yeah if you're if you're at that age you pretty much have to go or don't go yeah you know what what is your take i was talking to paper thin about this a little bit um on the previous podcast but what is your take on what's happening with wcs uh, and ESL and Blizzard and StarCraft 2 right now? Uh, I, I'm hopeful and I think it's exciting. Yeah. <clears throat> I think change is inevitable and necessary for us to continue. Uh, I do wish that there was more on the development side for StarCraft. It feels like this is the end of the road. Despite is- being a three-year contract, which is amazing. I'm so happy. The fact that it's yeah. lasted 10 years is insane. But it does feel very much like this is the end in three years. Which I can't even fault. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it keeps going. I'm not saying that I know it's ending or anything. But it does feel without any developments in the works. It's not like they're waiting for StarCraft 3 and then boom, release it. It feels like we are ending the tunnel uh, of StarCraft, which is very disappointing if that is the case. Yeah, what, what's weird for me about it, because I'm not as concerned about the ownership switch as far as who runs the tournaments, because it seems like things are basically... If you're a pro or a fan, it's going to operate basically the same way. Mm-hmm. What's weird for me is that I feel like they would need to at least have another expansion or, or something. something. I mean, Legacy of the Void is in a really good place. It is. I mean, Heart of the Swarm had some stuff that was it was pretty fucking bad. Yeah. Um, to be honest, uh, I mean, just things like the way the Swarm host worked and and um, a lot of parts of the game weren't as good. Mm. Uh, Legacy's in a good spot, but I just was hoping that they would at least introduce maybe one or two new units or, or, or remove one or two and yeah, see a combination of that. This is never going to happen. Yeah. That's a problem. Um, as a StarCraft fan and as someone who loves change, I'm a player that specifically uh, does really well in changes. And StarCraft 2, out of all the Blizzard games, is the RTS that, that's founded on e-sports. changing. Well, not just, no, not just esports, but I mean the, the game changes, mm. right? Like we, we have expansions we, we we change the units um this is the most the most patched rts game it actually has to be yeah um, yeah <clears throat> it's funny because i think the they never intended for starcraft 2 to be this way i think they always wanted to go the brood war route of let's hit a point where we're pretty comfortable with balance and then never play again never touch again in terms of balance and then change the game but the fact that the mechanics work the way they are it's it's really hard to balance because we're using full mental capabilities and we're not really capped by our performance as like mechanics, you know? Yeah, StarCraft 2 is, is a much muddier game. There's, there's a lot more mechanical hard work you have to go through to even do the basic stuff. Hmm. So even if one situation seems to favor a, a race or, or a certain type of matchup in a certain scenario even within that matchup, there's a lot of wiggle room there where StarCraft 2 is, is so clean and, and so automated, yep. um, imbalances become much more pronounced. Yeah, in StarCraft 1, the mechanical player can have like huge edges over anybody. But in StarCraft 2, we're all almost at the point where we're mechanically sound. Like, it's, yeah. it's not true, obviously. There's, a, there's gaps. But when you look at Serral and Innovation, you look at Sue and you look at Classic, and you look at all these players, and you're like, what mistakes are they making mechanically? There's very few. Yeah. Very few. They have great scouting. They have great reads. They have great sound defenses, great sound aggression. They're like, you know, like they're on the spectrum of like beautiful play, Rainer too, right? All these players are there. And then we're getting to the point where it's mind 
like where where you're playing your opponent, which is great. This is all great stuff. But when we get to like, let's say Broodlord and Fester as an example, where all a player has to do is hold on until Broodlord and Fester and then go with it, like that's those are very bad things that have to be changed, right? Okay, so I'm going to ask you this question. I wanted to ask um, several pros this, but mm. is is Broodlord and Fester a problem? Now? Like like just just the way that that, that the game works, mm. the, the the fact that you can spam out abilities. Um, it, the, the fact that you can have an entire army selected, mm -hmm. uh, you're in a sense, especially with Broodlord and Fester, rewarded for condensing your army. And obviously there are tactical decisions a player can make. They can try to go around your Broodlord and Fester. We see that used a lot. Yeah. But um, it always seems to me like in StarCraft II, uh, from a caster perspective, I see a lot of games... And this is in the different iterations. We can go all the way back to Wings of Liberty with the Archon Toilet. Um, and just for people that don't know what that was, you basically... Um, I can't remember the name so of the, the spell. The, the spell the, the, was the, Vortex. Vortex, thank you. You cast Vortex on their army, which sucks everything in. Mm -hmm. And they're, it's basically out of the game for a little bit until the thing ends, and then it dumps them all back out. But you put your Archons in there, and then as everything's dumped out because Archons do splash, they fire <laughs> once or twice, and it's like everything's hitting the same unit. Um, this famous uh, StarCraft One or StarCraft Two hard, or Wings of Liberty game where it's like 10, 15 battlecruisers, and they'll get like two or three shot at. This was in GSL. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just it's actually so interesting. I really wish they could have found a way to keep the mechanic in because it was a really fun mechanic and it was so creative. Yeah, and it was so strong, but. It, like that kind of stuff is really interesting to me, but I think long term it doesn't have a good place. Yeah, it and, becomes gimmicky. And well, one of the things I'm, I'm asking is that it always seems like we end up in a situation where we have maxed out armies, hmm. and because of the way the spells can be cast, hmm. which is in, in rapid succession, right? Um, where it prioritizes whatever the closest spell caster is to that situation, um, we end up in these situations over and over. Um, and in this case with Broodlord uh, in Fester, this has been one that, that's, that's come in and come out and come in and come out. Yeah. Um, is, is this a problem for StarCraft II? I think it and, is. And is it going to continue to be a problem? Sorry, go ahead. I don't think it is now because they've taken out a crucial part of Broodlord and Fester. One of those units on its own isn't, isn't amazing. Right. And Fester's were, were good, but they weren't broken. When you combine them with other things, now that's scary, right? When you have this really long-range unit that you can protect constantly, and then when someone come in, comes in to engage, they can never retreat. It's right. not an option. Right. Like those are very powerful things altogether. But when you take out one aspect, it's not it's not the same. If you can walk away from broodlords, it's not as scary. If you can stim under them, that's not as scary, right? Like all these things uh, together is where it becomes scary. So, yeah, with the change to investors, it's probably never going to happen again. Yeah. But, at this but you don't time, think it's inevitable that we'll eventually end up with some other unit composition we, where right. things are bunched together with, with damage output and spells, and it ends up with this kind of stalemate situation where the two armies are kind well, of staying so I guess in, a no man, in between a no man's is, land? Is what, what are you looking for in StarCraft, right? Are you looking for um, entertainment? Or are you looking for like a clash of mind versus a clash of mechanics? Like There's so many things you're looking for. Are, do you want mech or do you want bio? Like, I think the number one thing is always entertainment because that's what we're building is that eSport, right? eSports need to be entertaining. And if that means not watching a player sit there under sport crawlers for 20, 30 minutes, 
that right. we got to do it. We have to change it. Right. Even right. more than the uh, integrity of the game, the entertainment aspect, I think, is almost more important. Obviously, we can't have just a broken game because that will never be a good esport. It'll never right. make it. But you know what I mean? Like, I'm in favor of changing crucial mechanics for the aspects of entertainment as long as the game is playable and we can do things with it. So mech, broodlord and fester, swarm hosts, all those things that swarm hosts basically killed the game at some point, right? Like if we were- Yeah, man, that was hard as a we caster, on, casting like, that stuff, man. Yeah, so we're more on chopping stuff out immediately when they're dead, right? Like, yeah. Totally on it, then we probably would have avoided a lot of the lost viewership we had. And I think that's number one almost over top of the, everything else is the entertainment. Do, do you think if anything like that becomes a problem again, it's going to be fixable for StarCraft II? Because it seems like the team is getting gutted so That's a problem. heavily. That's a big problem. I mean, we've seen this firsthand. Like, all the people that we used to work with are, are gone mm -hmm. or are moved to another department where um, I think for a lot of people that follow StarCraft, they can take for granted the people they don't see mm -hmm. um, and the stuff that they're kind of not aware of where, I mean, man, if let's say there is a, a, an exploit or a, or a problem. I mean, this is what pro gamers are basically trained to do is to try to master something inside the game mm -hmm. um, that might be a little bit broken or a little bit unfair. You know, you're always trying to find the next thing to get ahead of everybody else who's playing this game. What if we end up in a situation where there is something that is uh, it sends the game in a trajectory where it can drag the game out incredibly long where it incentivizes players not to attack each other and not in an interesting turtley techie way but just in a yeah it, you know it drags the game out to a crawl and a not interesting crawl um yeah like what then i agree i think that that's extremely scary and like i said uh as i would immediately cut that stuff out if it was me right like i wouldn't not like the second i see it but like if it's like 30%, 40% of our games are going into this really late drawn out game that's really boring to watch, I would maybe take action then or even less percentage of games because I think the entertainment aspect is so important. And the faster the game is, I don't think anyone will ever say that's a bad thing. So if we're ever headed- The faster the game is? Like the more, like if you watch, a, let's say Bio versus Mech against Zerg. Uh, right now, Blizzard is pushing Mech more than Bio. And I don't necessarily fault them because it's really hard to balance Protoss and Zerg at the same time uh, with Bio. Bio's way stronger against Protoss. Mech way stronger against Zerg, right? Right. <clears throat> the Bio games are so interesting. The player is everywhere. There's drops going on. There's creep being cleared. There's yeah. Bio is definitely better for TV. Everything is there, right? Like this is like full on wits and skill, and everything is there. The Mech player kind of doing it, but it's totally different. Like, you're watching someone like Maru, like, dismantle innovation, or uh, a Sue with bio is incredible. It's so incredible. And then you watch someone like Gumiho or do their mech push or whatever. It's a lot less interesting, in my opinion. It's still cool, but I think we should always be pushing towards that fast play and that, like, truly mechanical, like, aspect of StarCraft. Yeah. Um, I think as the game goes on and the game gets more and more figured out, we will be pushing more towards slow play, always. Uh, yeah, that, that seems to be the way that all RTS games start out. Everybody starts out um, rushing and trying to attack into each other early on and, mm -hmm. and doing a lot of uh, damage immediately. But as time passes, people figure out, okay, you can like 
take another base here. There's a way to eke this out. Then you get an upgrade. And then eventually um, it goes, <laughs> do we get your mic fixed here? Yeah, um, we, can, we, can, we can do a check here if we need to. Is it sound okay now? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, um, no, but you know, this is the direction that um, RTS games always go in. Everybody starts out rushing each other. Then eventually you figure out how to just barely hold off that rush. Right. Get an expansion up. Um, and then the guy who's rushing you, he didn't spend his money right. And then you get to the point where it's about the third base, right? You're both expanding and, and trying to get a read on each other. Mm -hmm. um, and eventually it drags into a macro game, which I think is fine. Yeah, that's like that's happened natural, with... It's a natural progression. Yeah, it's happened to StarCraft 1, it's happened to StarCraft 2, it happens to StarCraft 3. Mm -hmm. or, I'm sorry, uh, WarCraft 3, excuse me. Um, so, so that's normal, but um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's really hard to balance. I, I'm really uh, sad that the... The balanced team has taken hits. Why do you think Blizzard is, on a development side, basically abandoning RTS? I find this so fucking it's, weird. It's really weird. I mean, when I was growing up, and I'm not even that old, okay? <laughs> but when I was growing up... Uh, our TVs were it, white and black. That's right, yeah. We, we play our... Our eSport was moving a hoop down the street with a stick. <laughs> um, no, I mean, when I was growing up, uh, Warcraft 2, mm. big... That, that was their first big game, mm -hmm. in, my, in my view. Um, Starcraft... Warcraft 3. I mean, before that, it was you know, Warcraft Orcs and Humans, which was kind of a wonky RTS. It wasn't really something you could really play competitively. I think right. you could only select like four units at a time. It was kind of weird. Um, but this is a company that has a, a monopoly on this type of game. Yeah. Why, even if it's not the biggest thing in the world, which I think seems to be the problem that's happening at Blizzard, is everything has to be the biggest thing in the world. It happens with AAA publishers in general. Yeah. Why would you abandon this thing that you have? I think a big problem is the leadership change. Yeah. Um, I think a big problem is the shareholders. I think yeah. a big problem is not fully understanding what their company is supposed to be doing. Like, I know that's really arrogant of me to say, but all of the big games, all of the big things Blizzard has done, they've done something new and creative. Right. Right? All the way back to the very beginning, all the way up to now, even Hearthstone, new and, not new and creative, but kind of in the big, like it was very big and it was sort of a risk, you know? The point is like when you take a risk and it, it hits, it rewards you heavily, right? Right. But it seems like no company at that level wants to take any risks or have any, you know, anything new or unique. Like it's all about... Uh, almost like a guaranteed success. Well, I think what they yeah what they want to do is make something that guarantees a profit. But it just seems to me but if to you do that, in my opinion, they should be making new and captivating stuff. Right? They are remastering all the old Even RTSs. Isn't like new and captivating. Yeah. Well, I think on one level, let's take Warcraft three for instance. Let's mm -hmm. we could separate ourselves from Starcraft for a second. Um, I played Warcraft three growing up. Uh, I've done some casting for it out here. That was actually my original job when I came to Korea. It wasn't. I was try I did that job to get into StarCraft um, mm. out here. But um, even if you go back and play Warcraft 3, not, not on Reforged or in the beta of Reforged, it's a totally playable game. So it makes sense that they just remastered that. It makes sense they remastered StarCraft 1. That's still very popular in, in Korea. Um, I just can't believe they would never try to innovate again on another RTS. Yeah, it make like if they're willing it's, to remaster their old great hits, why not take a stab at a sequel? 
Like they they have a lot of the groundwork already so done. So here's too. here's what I've been told. This is by Blizzard people. I've heard this from several different people. People say it's harder to monetize RTS games. Is that true? I don't I disagree. I don't understand. I guess like, with cosmetics, it's harder to. Um, uh, you know, there's all these different units. Maybe it's harder to identify who looks like mm -hmm. what if you have. Well, like maybe 12 it, different it, attacking units. It's harder to monetize in the sense it's not like Hearthstone, which is just like a money-making machine. Right. But you can't compare everything to Hearthstone because I think Hearthstone is like... Well, I feel like Hearthstone as well. I mean, they're... And paying. I, I don't have any of these numbers, but everybody I know that played Hearthstone doesn't really play anymore. Yeah, it's too hard to keep up and... Yeah, it's too much money. Too, yeah. Like, I'm a grown-up that actually has a disposable income, but I don't... I don't want to keep spending that much money on cards every season. No, I agree. just so I can actually stay inside of the meta. Yep. I don't mind spending money on a game I like. I mean, as an example, if I had to spend uh, a heavy amount of money every month, like it was it was paid to just even be online mm. for StarCraft, I'd do it because my life is centered around that, right? But um, with Hearthstone, to 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 pay the amount that you had to pay. Yeah, that it, it doesn't even really make sense, and I mean, I'm almost ready for another CCG. But I know they made a lot of money off of that at the time. Um, well, that's a problem because I, I think they they use that as a benchmark for a successful game now, to some extent. Yeah, and that's really bad because, like you said, the, the further the game goes out, the more you pump it for money, the less likely it's going to have a new and like create or you like a user friendly um, like atmosphere. Like what? if you have to buy new cards every two weeks or a month. It's your viewers or your player base will drop. I don't care what you know, people how talk about. It is, people talk about interesting. It is there's pay to play, mm -hmm. right? And pay to win. You hear that? Pay to win. Pay to play. Right. Hearthstone. Um, people would say you don't have to pay to play. You're right. You can get online. You can you yeah. can use your <laughs> really bad cards. Right. Um, and probably lose. Right. But it, it is pay to compete at all. If you want to be competitive at all in Hearthstone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you need to be fronting money, and and uh, I, which I think is is fine, but um, I I don't know how. We, I mean, because I guess with RTS games, how would you even do that? You can't have somebody pay to you get access you to can't units. Block units. I think that's yeah. the thing is because that's that's essential gameplay. But like, they would love to be able to do that. Yeah. I think, but you could never do that. Like for example, you have to buy the Zergling. <laughs> it's an essential unit. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish that they would try to make it. A bit. I'm trying to think of how I would do it if I was Blizzard. I think they're doing a really good job now with like paying for skins and voice packs and all this like right. this stuff. But you really don't need any of that to be competitive. And I also think that's a good thing. Like if you can be competitive at the game without paying for all this stuff, you'll drive more people to play it longer. I think if you have to keep buying or shilling out two hundred dollars a month to play a game to be competitive, eventually someone's going to lose interest, or a majority of the players will lose interest. Yeah. I think that's not good for a long-term longevity game. If that was StarCraft, I think it would be even worse than it is now, right? Oh, yeah. Like, StarCraft, they did the opposite. Game. It's free to play. Right. and So I think they do a good job. They just need to set a benchmark for a profitable game, uh, but not knock out of the park billion dollars, two billion dollars, you know, whatever number. Yeah, well, you know, what, what's weird is, so Blizzard, uh, majority of Blizzard's shares are controlled by Activision. Mm -hmm. Activision has, you know, basically at the end of the day, say in in, in what Blizzard gets to make. Um, 
Blizzard used to be a game that would only, or sorry, it used to be a company that would only release a game if it was, as they would say, finished. Mm -hmm. It would have to be done. Um, and it had to be a revolutionary game. Right. Uh, now, Activision has pressured them over the years, it, it appears to me, um, that they, <laughs> they have had to release more and more and more games, right? Okay, if you're going to release more and more games that aren't just revolutionizing industry, fine, but then release more different games, right? Yeah. I mean, I think an RTS would and could be profitable, especially with the, the stuff we know now about how to monetize games, generally speaking. <clears throat> but also, it just seems... Uh, bizarre to again I, I just can't understand maybe i'm talking in circles here how they could abandon an entire the thing franchise. It's, it's like so is rts their, fucking dead it's not even after this yes too because it's so big on their brand like it disgusts yeah. me as a as a blizzard fan yeah that seeing how big starcraft is as a part of their like brand as a part of the company that they are yeah and then it just be pushed aside it's not like a game that came out in 2012 that Oh look, we we released this game and it did okay, and now we're done. This game built Blizzard, like not StarCraft Two specifically, but StarCraft Two did huge for it. Brood War did. Well, massive. StarCraft Two was the big esports boom boom globally. I mean, it built Twitch. <laughs> yeah, it feels like Twitch almost has a bit more respect for the brand than they, than they, Blizzard does. I think they do. If you go talk to people there, yeah. everybody's aware that, that, that like, when I've, Twitch came out, that was I've heard everybody was like, streaming StarCraft on that. It's funny because I've heard people at Twitch be like, you know, this this doesn't really make any sense for us to, to partner this streamer, or it doesn't really make any sense for us to sponsor this tournament but we love starcraft it built us so we'll like have some you know charity back towards it well, but we don't really feel that same way from blizzard a lot of the time like, yeah. i get the esports are are technically like it's like a charity but it's actually not it's it's your it's your marketing to some extent yeah i've always been confused when people talk about esports being profitable or not profitable because i think it's hard to tell how exactly um you you identify it making money, I think directly, yeah, it might not turn into actual dollars, but the presence of esports is what encourages people to continue to play, to then buy microtransactions also, in the game. it's a brand recognition thing, too. Yeah. Blizzard's, like, name is bigger because of their esports. Like, you cannot... It's the same with BlizzCon. BlizzCon, yeah. I don't think they're making any money off of, but they do that because they're trying to separate themselves from other companies. And it's big. It's huge. Like, BlizzCon is a really good way for them to kind of pull their fans together and showcase new things it, i kind of don't like the direction even blizzcon's been going like i don't know if i i've only been participating in the last two blizzcons but it feels so <laughs> different than like the first you know like five or six or seven that's it what, what, what do you not like about it like the the more the newer blizzcons feel less and less like what they were intended and more and more for like marketing purposes which is fine i think that's that's you know makes sense can you give an example i'm trying to think because it feels more corporatized than the original BlizzCons, which were supposed to be more of like fan, like a fan thing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think of a way to word this. Like the Diablo releases felt like they were so disenfranchised from their fans <laughs> at a BlizzCon, you know, like the... Uh, you mean like the Diablo Immortal? Yeah, and then they're just like... Well, that was weird. That they're kind was... of like making fun of their I think <laughs> for like not having phones or whatever. Like, well, I th okay, I think when that guy said that, I think he was nervous, he was on stage. I don't blame I him. I can't imagine making a game like and it was like, boo, fuck you, and you're like, oh! It does feel like they're disenfranchised from their fans is what I'm basically trying to say. I know. Also, like, I think you, you mean disconnected. Basically, yeah. they're not. They're not in tune with their. Um, well, I think that that's a fair assessment. And I think BlizzCon like, was supposed to be more for fans and less for Blizzard at the time. 
Well, I'm also uh, kind of weirded out by, um, you know, I'm fine doing the, the World Finals or StarCraft, wherever it is, but it is kind of odd to even not have it yeah. there. It's also weird, too, because they're so all in on Overwatch, mm -hmm. which is a game that never even had a scene to begin with. Like, StarCraft 2 now is, what, it's like a, it's almost, it's about 10 years old. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know where Overwatch is going to be in 10 years. It's not gonna I don't think there's going to be a grassroots <laughs> thing going on for Overwatch as people continue to clamor to have it there. I don't know. I don't think that's the case. That's what my instinct tells me. Right. Um, but yeah, the company's definitely shifting into a different direction. How would you feel if there was a StarCraft cell phone game? Because uh, <laughs> even if they're not doing RTS, like the the, 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 the the actual part of the franchise is just sitting there, right? It's a really that interesting universe. question because I would be so disappointed, but they're also throwing me a bone because I'm a StarCraft player. You know what I mean? But I mean, are, are you a StarCraft person because of the lore and, and, no. and space, not at all. the space opera that is StarCraft? I'm, or are you... That's a thing too. I'm a StarCraft player because of its... Because like, it's an RTS? Yeah. Like it's yeah. so competitive, it's so challenging. Yeah. I, I reason why I still play is because there's so much room for me to improve even 10 years later. Yeah, this, I, I feel the same way. Like if a, if a StarCraft, I guess they were working on a shooting game, which would have been pretty cool. Um, but that to me would have been cool in the sense that like I'll play it. Like it's yeah, a cool Blizzard game. Let's see what it's about. Um, but Well, it's nice because it's a StarCraft bone thrown in our corner, but nobody's going to like no pro gamer is going to switch over to StarCraft Ghost or whatever. Yeah. Like there's no overlap at all. Zero. You're more likely to pull Overwatch people over to it than, than StarCraft 2 players. And that's funny because it's a StarCraft genre game. It's just so far off of uh, you know, what, it, what StarCraft is. If it's an FPS in any way. So, I mean. so if, there was an, if there was a phone game that was like Clash Royale, or like, mm. they did this with Command & Conquer. Did, did you see that? I saw it. I never actually played it. I didn't play it either, but I saw like the I feel like I should, download, I should have downloaded it before this podcast. Was, I meant to ask you this, but... I've it heard it's not bad, but for like the, the that was so bad for like the fans, right? Like that was the last thing fans wanted from Command and Conquer. And as someone who played Command yeah. and Conquer, like it's just so far away. Well, it's just such a weird thing too. It would be really bad for Blizzard, like even if they had a hit RTS and they well, dropped if, it on the mobile. Okay, so okay, so hold on. Um, if they had to release a StarCraft mm -hmm. game and it's not an RTS, what do they do? Because I don't, unless there's something I'm not understanding about like this, the, the, the universe is there, right? Like they've totally capitalized on the, the Warcraft universe. Hearthstone is from the Warcraft universe. There's World of Warcraft uh, mm. and all the other Warcraft stuff in the past. Warcraft, Orcs and Humans, two, three. Um, Diablo appears to just be trucking along here. They're going to have a cell phone game. And we'll actually see how that does. And maybe that does really well. Maybe people really like it. I, I understand well. the instinct for people to shit on it. And people shit on everything. People shit on everything. Yeah. Um, but, like, maybe it's actually fun. I don't know. I'm sure it'll make okay, money. So here, but here's a question to reframe it. What if Overwatch was in the StarCraft universe? Like What? What if Overwatch was StarCraft universe? Like, in, like Hearthstone. What is that even? Like, I don't even a, understand what you're saying. Okay, <laughs> imagine Overwatch is StarCraft two characters right where it's like starcraft fps would i be playing that no oh you mean if it's like one person's a sentry and the other person's a yeah a zealot sure. my point is like and there's if you take because you're asking about a starcraft fps yeah, right yeah like okay imagine overwatch Watch your hand in that camera shot, sorry. i probably still wouldn't be playing it i would play it i would try it but it's just so far away from what i'm playing and in the same way that if the, the problem is the way you frame it. If this is a side game, StarCraft shooter or whatever, 
that's fine. If this is StarCraft 3 and it's a shooter, that's very different. Do you know what I mean by that? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I so, get what you're saying. Huge difference. Yeah. So Ghost was clearly not StarCraft 3. Right. And okay, just really like Hearthstone is not Warcraft, Warcraft 4 yes. or, 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 or World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft 2. If they released a StarCraft phone game and it was not titled StarCraft 3, I would give it a try. But you don't think people would lose their fucking minds? They would lose their fucking minds. They would lose their fucking minds yes. either way. But the thing is, I would like it because as long as it's not StarCraft 3, because that would be devastating to, for everybody. Yeah. It's still content that StarCraft players weren't expecting. It's still like a poke in the right direction. If they, if they market it, that's great for StarCraft. You know, like it's something that's developed that people like money went into. So, so if, so if, would, if they're going to release a game, but just because I feel like Blizzard's in this position where they have to keep releasing stuff every mm -hmm. year, I guess as long as BlizzCon is going on. There's sort of this pressure to like announce and 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 show what Instagram they've done. I almost feel like they've dug themselves a little bit in a hole here because <laughs> you know even though BlizzCon's a yearly thing, somehow I think they got into this cycle of having to show something every year, and sometimes there's nothing to show. Like yeah, apparently um, Diablo Four was going to be announced instead of Diablo Immortal when that happened, but they didn't feel like it was done yet. Um, and so they announced the phone game, then that backfired, and at least that's See, what's been I leaked think to the press. if they released Diablo 4 and Immortal at the same It would have been time, fine, I think. No one would have given a shit. Yeah. And that's the same way that I'm saying, right? Like, if you release StarCraft 3 as a mobile game, it's very different than releasing a mobile game, and here's StarCraft 3. Right? So or whatever. What else, though? I mean, because I, I don't think they can afford to just release a mobile game. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't think they should. Anyways, I how long? How long would they have to wait before they released an RTS again? I don't. I think could they ever? Could they wait like? Because how long was StarCraft one out? It's Star already the same, thirteen years. It's already the same tank length. Was it? It's getting close. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that's and I right. I definitely know that there was announcements for StarCraft two way earlier than the way we are we were having it now, right? Yeah. Like three years of uh, StarCraft two is confirmed now. So who's who's going to make an RTS if we have to go to it? <laughs> Riot probably. You think Riot will make an RTS? I, well, I think Riot's taking a stab at every esports, so I don't see why they wouldn't do it. Yeah, that's possible. I, I think it scares me because I think Blizzard just going to drop RTS altogether. That's so weird. Is there any game genre that's just gone away? Yes, there have been tons. Like what? I'm trying to. Th I just know it's true. I don't even have to think about it. There's definitely games <laughs> that have just fallen away. <laughs> what the fuck? It's true. You just okay, okay, like uh, Ryan, can you can you Google this? Sure. Game yes. genres they don't make anymore. You know what? I don't even care if I'm wrong here. I'm sure that there have been genres dropped. They still make platformers. They still make city builders. Well, those are big. They still make. There was a period where platformers were not. When Nintendo 64 came out, it was all 3D games. People were walking away from platformers. They still make RPGs, mm -hmm. Japanese RPGs or Skyrim-style RPGs. I guess those are pretty new. Um, well, what are they? What are they not? Is there anything that they don't? Did you find anything? I can't think of anything. Or you can't find anything. It's just going to be the. Uh, and by the way, I'm not talking about. Game and it's really successful, and that genre is probably still around, in, even if it's an indie form. Right. They still make point-and-click adventure games. <laughs> okay, those King's Quest-style games, Monkey's Island-style. They still make puzzle games. What about reading adventure games? Yeah. Oh, they got. Oh, they got those. Can you look that up? There's got to be reading adventure games. Anyways, there, I, I imagine there's been genres that have fallen out of interest, at least. Well, yeah, no, fallen out of interest, but like people don't make it anymore. And by the way, I'm not talking about like 
sometimes an RTS is, is released, but it has like virtually no multiplayer. This would be like if you had fighting games that came out where people couldn't even like pick different characters <laughs> and, and actually have it doable. Sure. I think the problem is too that uh, RTS is just so hard to make. Yeah. Like uh, from a development side, it's a lot of development. From what, a balancing side, there's a lot of balance. What, what's strange for me... From an interest side, there's a limited interest on top of all that. Yeah, but all these games seem to have a limited interest. Until it's right? massive. Yeah, I mean, if you want to make a lot of money, you make a shooting game. Mm-hmm. Um, especially one of these ones that, simula- that simulates something between Modern War and World War II. There's more games <laughs> out like that than I can count. Um, yeah, I feel like... I wish we would have more stabs at like really unique games. Well, that seems to be where indie games are doing well. And they're doing well. Yeah. It's just funny that none of these AAA publishers are hopping on the indie game train because they have so much more resources. Well, what's they also strange about it is... More teams. Like yeah. Indie if you, game teams. If you, look at, if you look at Super Meat Boy or Celeste or Hollow Knight, mm-hmm. um, and these are all throwbacks to the, this 2D platformer game. I'm sh- I don't know how much money those games made, but it made a lot and it wasn't a, as much manpower, anywhere near as much manpower. Um, is what these AAA publishers are doing. Some of these people are just developing on their own. Then they make, like, yeah. you know, a million or two million or three million, and they're yeah, maybe more. I don't know. Way more if you're like Super Meat Boy or whatever. But it depends on what who you are. It's just funny that these indie developers come in. They they have like passion for something. They make it, and it's great because they're passionate about it. Mm-hmm. It's just funny that no AAA games ever ca- capitalize on this market of like, you know, a really unique idea. I want to do this thing. If you have passion for it and it, it sounds like a good idea, like a pitch, you should accept it, I think, almost always. And even if it flops and it's terrible, you took a stab at it. If you're an AAA developer, specifically. You don't need to publish it, by the way. But let's just say that I've got a team of hundreds you, of... Sorry, I'm going to watch your hand. Your hand's going to get in front of my camera. Programmers. Second. Yeah. And someone comes to you with a really I- brilliant idea, like, take stabs at them, you know? I think it's great for, in every aspect, you're giving the employee a chance to be creative Sure, it's possible that it fails, or, but it's also possible it blows up. And I think that's what they, they kind of did that really well with Hearthstone. Do you think there's going to be a period where, um, kind of like there was a, a boom of retro games and, and remakes of old movies, is there going to be something like that that happens down the road? Never mind the immediate future, but let's say like 10 years from now. Mm. Um, like, if you took me 15 years ago, I never would have imagined there would have been a movie for every superhero ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that 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 would have been crazy to me 15 years ago. Um, and and now like there's superheroes. I don't even know these some of these fucking superheroes. Yeah. I've never even heard of some of these guys. Um, I would consider myself like pretty nerdy, but I, I'm not that into comic lore. But th- there's like one for every single person ever, mm-hmm. every single hero ever. Um, is is there going to be a situation where gaming takes a certain um, turn where people get fed up with what they already have and it starts to become more throwbacks to RTS or maybe even people making MOBAs again because nobody's making MOBAs now either. Is there going to be a situation like that? I I hope so, but it's hard to say really. I'm, I'm worried that we're going to go further and further down like monetization and, you know, like finding good ways to make money off of games and less about the games, you know? And as developers get more and more control over you know, the smaller guys or little guys. Like, the indie game uh, scene right now is kind of like that, where, like, the big devs have control over, like, a lot of the big stuff. And then the indie guys sneak in with their, you know, unique and creative shit. 
because the big devs have control over like all the big stuff like rts's and mobas and card games and you know shooters like those are all the like triple a genre like big games and the the indie games kind of come into their own unique stuff they can't really take stabs at those games you know like it, it would be really weird for an indie uh an indie pubg clone or something like that would come out right like why would you switch to pub from pubg to an indie clone well some games seems seems like some games you have to invest a certain amount of yourself into yes even if it's not money but we can put money in this equation mm-hmm. if we want where it's hard to imagine after you've invested this much into a game going into something similar so figured out right so yeah you figured out i mean this is why i don't think you see a lot of crossover between league and dota is you played one long enough yeah why would you play the other one just yeah yeah after you have never never mind even the amount of money you spent just how much you know about this game and, and your relationship to it why would you stop and then switch into something else that's the interesting thing about uh shooting games because they're almost incentivized to well shooting games are i think out of all games the ones where you can hop from game to game to game the most easily the skill translates yeah very well i mean you have to get good at movement so i guess it's about skill translation then i would say so for instance if different you RT- switch from lol to dota without any trouble at all then you might let's say there's a lol ti coming up and then there's or a dota ti and then you've got like the lol worlds you know and if you could you could do that like back and forth without any like disadvantage you probably see the entire dota and league fan player base do it sure if it was well this is i mean the the fps industry in general you'll see people get recycled you'll see casters hop Mm -hmm. from from game to game you'll see pros hop from game to game it's one of the funny things about that uh, type of game is that people can show up and immediately begin firing the right. gun and, and, and moving around and there's like a little all these games use the same interface you know yeah. the same keys on the keyboard to move your feet um, all using a mouse to shoot mm-hmm. um, I kind of wish well I, I where do you think gaming will be in 10 years because it's such a weird question for me to think about yeah it's it's hard I'm actually somebody like who's not that I'm not that into futurism because I feel like a lot of times mm. people just get it way, way wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've heard people talk about how we'd all have ro- robot arms or um, <laughs> flying cars, flying cars and, and yeah. all that shit. Um, well, I mean, not everything is bad. For one, we when StarCraft 2, for instance, came out, we finally had ladders. Mm-hmm. Like online play has actually gotten better and better and better, which is True. good. Connectivity is there. People are finally able to watch streams. Mm-hmm. If we take, for instance, just the, li- the lifespan of StarCraft II, and I'm 35, so um, when I was growing up, like it was hard to find games where people weren't hacking in, True. Or, or it was very difficult to find a ladder where people weren't just cheating in there or win trading it's or other. How easy it was to hack back then? Yeah, you could be a, you could be a real like, colossal piece of shit. I was like and, nine. And yeah. I didn't hack, but I knew how easy it was. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? and you have you like installing a program and clicking run. Yeah, yeah. And I'm then like, you're ruining the game now. for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like it was amazing how easy it was. I think things are going to get more. First of all, connections just going to get better. I was talking about this with uh, Paper Thin in the last podcast, but have you seen? You know what the Stadia is? You never heard of this? No. Uh, it was Google's. Uh, it's like just a controller, basically, but. Um, it w- you would be able to connect onto any screen and it would stream the game. 
That's cool. Onto, and so you wouldn't need a console. You would pay a certain amount of money and you would stream the game. Or you could have it like hooked up to your... Where's my phone going? You can hook it up to your phone, guys. You could hook it up to your phone, but you'd have like a controller like this. Right. Okay, so you could be playing like that. Now, I don't know how many games uh, you want to have on a small screen like that, but things are eventually going to get much more... Mobile. Mobile and connected. So there's going to be that. That's sad to me, though. What do you mean? Like, I, it's sad that it, it's almost inevitable that we will go more and more mobile. Like, there are obscure mobile games that are just way bigger than every conventional game, like, that we've ever played. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But, but I mean, is that... game you've ever played, and there's just an obscure mobile game you've probably never heard of. Yeah. 10, 15, 20 times as many players as, as you've Yeah, but had. I mean, this isn't... I don't... I mean, I kind of view this as almost totally different. But... I mean, this is like... There are games on totally cell phones that are, that are there for people with a lot of time and no computer that are there to... First of all, some of them are engineered for addictive behavior. Well, they are. So they're, they're, they're hardwired for like weird <laughs> yeah. reward mechanisms. Dopamine um, shots or whatever. Yeah. Um, and just... I, I don't know if you would find these people and say that they are hardcore into this game and, and care about it and would go to tournaments or conventions. Well, there the are. Same. There are. Like... Um, I did some work for this Indonesian company. I was asking what the biggest game in Indonesia is, and it's Mobile Legends. Well, it's just a League of Legends, co- uh, you know, copycat. But well, any, anything on mobile is going to be the biggest because people have their phones. You got to remember. Yeah, but all these people, like the, these people, are all like millionaires, and they're like huge. You know, they're way bigger than sure. any, any athlete that we know, any esports athlete. Maybe not the league ones, but pretty, pretty massive. You know. Like, yeah. it's amazing that there can be such huge scenes. Never heard of them, by the way. And well, things seem to be getting more atomized in gaming in general, mm. where you have, you know, some people over here doing this. It, it, it used <laughs> to be like, and then other people over here. You, you know what I'm talking about? Everything is so separated. Um, content now is so specific to, to different uh, yeah. types of uh, games and what you're interested in. Um, it used to be that they, a console would come out and everybody got that and everybody followed the top five games. And now there's so many games on PC and there's so much stuff happening everywhere. So you, th- you think this is going to go into more of a mobile market I in think general? I will overall, especially, I think everyone's going to try and grab the mobile market. Like there's no reason not to. But Was mobile there... games don't do that well for spectator. True. That's I mean, this true. has been another big issue is a lot of well, times people confuse the size of a user base with how much it is just followed and watched and talked about. Um, I mean, Call of Duty on some level has has sort of always, this has always been a a thing about the game is, yeah, people play it. Yeah, people will go to tournaments. It's not as big as Mm Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike, the people that play that are into the teams. They're into the tournaments. you know, when uh, something changes in the game, everybody dives on and tries to figure out how to, you know, remaster a small adjustments on the map, right. on maps and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, there's always going to be people that are playing games. But I don't know if that always means that that's going to be where esports or, or, or competitive viewership is going to go. Yeah. Mobile games specifically do not. And I'm, I'm not even anti-mobile game, but... Um, you, you can get around what you're speaking of, of mobile games. Like, it depends on what the game is, but... Like Hearthstone almost hit the mark if it wasn't just a bad esport. You know what I mean? Do you think it's a bad esport? Yeah, I think it is. How so? Um, I think a lot of the problem with Hearthstone is there there isn't as many like deck building aspects that make the game really interesting. Like 
the game, I also take this with a grain of salt because I'm not a pro Hearthstone player and I haven't followed it in so long. But when I followed it, it was pretty much like this deck was the best deck or this deck is playable, this deck is playable, this deck is playable. You play your deck, you hope for your, your cards hit, and if they did, you won. And if they didn't, you lost. And I know it's not that, like, it's not to that level, but it, it's really close. It was really close. Like, there were very few creativity stuff you could do with your decks. Um, and also, everybody knew your deck after you used it a lot of the time. So if you had a creative deck, then you wouldn't be able to get the full play out of it, like if it was a tournament or whatever. It just doesn't feel as good as it should, I think, for a card game. And I'm not a huge card game player, but when... I wonder if, what if part of that is just that everybody's streaming now and getting decks online is really, really... Easy. Easy. Yeah. I think a lot of CCGs used to be a little bit more, you could be more maybe secretive. Mm. I, I don't know either. I, I played a lot of Hearthstone when it came out. Do you disagree got, with what I've said? Um, no, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I've been, I've been Legend a couple of times, and there's definitely periods where I see the first card come down, and I immediately know every card in the versus deck. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay. Right. They, they put this if out. they took cards, like you can take one card out and put one card in or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You can't really do anything crazy with your deck. Because there's so much synergy along the lines of like all the cards make a lot of sense and they all well they synergize you could together. swap in and out some cards but yeah it, but the whole idea of the deck doesn't change even if you swap out some of the cards like let's say you're swapping out a card for more draw does your deck plan change no not really but you've got more draw so you can draw your plan you know what I mean but to go back to what you were saying about Hearthstone is is you didn't think it was a very good esport um, no this is one topic I actually don't know that well for, Me for right now I don't I don't know what Hearthstone viewership was Especially like right now but back in like 20 I don't know 26 because I thought Hearthstone was a really good game it's I mean I, game. I, st I still think it's a good game I thought I thought what they did with card games was pretty revolutionary I think it was a good game and it was definitely playable and fun but as an esport it didn't hit the mark for me but I'm also a Starcraft player I like full control over my game <laughs> almost full control yeah. um, very few things I don't have control of in my game and RNG and card drawing and that stuff isn't very unique for me or interesting uh, if they hit the right card at the right like I, the fact that I can get one single card in their deck draw it in and kill me immediately like that's really sad yeah. to me well I you think know? you like mechanical best games part is, you can tell when they draw it because they, they pull it off the top of their deck you know like you can see where the card goes in and then when they pull it off <laughs> so you know they had shit all and then they drew the card that killed you yeah. you know you got top deck. yeah top decking it's really obnoxious to me but uh, it's it's fun. I still played it. I still enjoyed it a lot. If it, they didn't, if it wasn't so much money for me to keep up, I would have played it, and I'd still be playing it now. All right, I've got one more question because mm -hmm. we're almost out of time. We got to go to the after show. Nice. What's going to be the next big thing that's going to come out in competitive gaming? It's not going to be another um, PUBG. It's not going to be another Battle Royale. It's not. I think we've hit the peak for Battle Royale. Um. That's a really good question I've never thought of, truly. I really don't think it'll be a, a battle royale. I think we've fully saturated that. We've hit every every single game we could. Every franchise has grabbed it that they can, you know. Um, I'm just curious what it would... I would love to say it'll be something unique and interesting, but I don't think it will either. So I'm not sure, honestly. No idea? I have no idea. All right, one more question. Okay. I thought we were going to go on a little bit longer than that. Uh, are we what in a... What do you are, think? Huh? Me? Which, yeah. Because hmm. I have no idea, actually. It's a tough one. For competition, I think it's going to come down to some of these games uh, that, that Riot is going to drop. and We're going to have to see kind of what happens there. It seems like Riot has all the cards. Uh, as far as 
you know, uh, an eSport it goes. They seem to have some of the infrastructure. Um, I agree with you that Battle Royales, maybe not. It seems that to be, we're moving into this area. It, we saw a little bit of it with auto chess, but into more passive games. If, if uh, mobile gaming seems to be bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think of these games as games I could play while I'm knitting. <laughs> I don't knit, but you know what I'm talking, or crocheting or something. Like, uh, Hearthstone is a game, part of the reason, part of its appeal is that it, it is not mechanical. Like, you don't have to be, like, inputting buttons. It's not a fighting game. It's a thinking game. It's a thinking game, and as long as you have fingers, you can play it. Um, auto chess, the, the, the sort of the, the, these sort of automated games where you set up pieces or put cards somewhere, um, That there seems to be something there. I, and I actually don't think that these auto chess games are, are the final form of this. I think there's probably a lot better versions of games that could be made out of that. Yeah, I agree. Um, because I think those games are really close, you know? If like if there was yeah. a new like big blow up game, like they're kinda almost there too. Like they're pretty big. Yeah, yeah. But, but they're I, just barely not there yet. Because one thing about phones, um I was thinking about this a lot more. I've been traveling a little bit just for holidays and, and kind of taking it easy. But you know, a lot of people just have jobs where they're sitting around mm-hmm. and they're not in an office, they're not on their computer, and they have their phone, so they're kind of playing whatever they can play on their phone to pass time. Um, we take for and, granted a little bit our lifestyle, like all of us here. Yeah, our lifestyle allows a lot of free time to learn new things and to. Well, also we have, we all have big PC rigs. Yeah, we can, you know, and run. it's almost our job to be invested in games too. Right, right. Like, we're if you were a student, picking up StarCraft is really daunting and a lot of work. And sure, uh, Hearthstone is just way more appetizing. I think if you're if you have something you're investing a lot of time into, and very rarely is that thing games that you're investing a lot of time into. Um, so I do think over time we will get to those all of those games will be way more successful than the games that we need to invest a ton of time into, which is sad. I I don't... I, well, I think there's always going to be a market for hardcore. Yes, there will. Uh, stuff. But it's always going to be a little bit niche, I think. But I, but I think it, there's something innocuous about some cell phone games coming out that simply allow people to pass the time. I mean, when Hearthstone came out on phone, that was a big game changer for me just on my way to the GSL. Mm-hmm. It was just playing, you know... I mean, the time flew by when I'd sit on the train. I have about a 45-minute train ride. I live on the other side of Seoul for where the GSL studio is. Um, and so just sitting on the train and, and playing through a few games, and it was just like playing on my desktop, was, uh, it was nice. I really enjoyed it. Um, so I think there's going to be something like that coming out, some kind of passive yeah. game, a little bit less. Why don't you think chess and stuff like that is more popular? Chess is the biggest it's ever been right now. That makes a lot of sense to me because I don't know if – Chess is a lot. Yeah, that sounds right because it is one of those games that you. I, are, I think we're in a point in time where actually everything is almost as big as it's ever been, unless it's just unless yeah, it's a game that was true. just released. But that's also kind of misleading. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I mean, because more there's more, more people connected. on Earth uh, than ever before. There's um, we have access to internet. Go or Paduk, as Koreans call it, is bigger than it's ever been before. Chess with like Chess.com or yeah, like Chess, chess is, is great huge. because you. Like you're saying with Hearthstone, from you now, chess is what I'm doing on the on the bus yeah. and stuff, and it's great. Like I can just sit and think and play chess. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, and you can play it on your phone. And I, it's, I just it's completely I play short fun. games. I know you like playing really long games, but I, yeah. I like to just queue up a really quick like three minute game when I know I've got yeah. time. And yeah, we both play chess on our phones. I find it a better use of my time to play a game like that on a phone than 
than a lot of other games that are out, so. to be honest. I like it a lot more than um, so. Sorry, what, what was the question you asked before that? I was asking why you don't think they are more popular. Even well, I, I think, yeah, I think it actually is. I lost my even train of thought. Sorry. Yeah, no, I think it's actually bigger than... Why isn't it even bigger? Like, why isn't it huge? Why isn't it as big as Mobile Legends or all these other games that are just got, you know, or Candy Crush? Well, chess is another game that actually you have to really... You think people don't like using their brains? Yeah. I think a lot of people don't, man. <laughs> okay. I'm just There's checking. a lot of dumb people, man. I, I mean, I totally or people, some people don't have time, like with their lives and the way things are. And I feel like I'd, you know, be an idiot some people on their phones, I mean, some, some crush, people talk about these games and it's like, well, this game's fucking huge. And it's like some lady waiting for a bus, you know, and she spends 15 minutes, which is fine. That's her 15 minutes to, to get through life, you know, but that's <laughs> not the same as somebody who's trying to, like, I don't know, like learn the Sicilian accelerated dragon and, <laughs> you know, understand how to, you know, capitalize, utilize time effectively and understand pawn structures. I mean, these are all different things, right? True. Yeah. I was just, I mean, some people just drink beers and throw horseshoes at a fucking railroad spike <laughs> in, 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 in a ground. Right. And that's like their way to pass the time. And yeah, I'm sure there's, I mean, there's tournaments that. for that. I'm sure that's somebody's esports somewhere, but I it's a different that. kind of game. Right. Um, are we in an esports bubble? Is the second thing I wanted to ask you. Because, mm. and let me let me preface this question uh, I, with speaking to uh, Clinton or Paper Thin mm -hmm. um, in the previous podcast. Uh, PUBG is backing out of trying to micromanage their esports and, and control everything. WCS is being handed off to ESL. Mm -hmm. um, which I think is neither good or bad necessarily for the StarCraft tournaments. I mean, ESL knows what they're well, the doing. Is, you have companies like ESL. Right. Um, the uh, Capcom Pro Tour has not done well mm -hmm. for Street Fighter. Um, a, a lot of these companies seem to be not trying to micromanage uh, their games. We do have Overwatch League still going on, and there's going to be a Call of Duty League. But everything you read about Overwatch League seems to say that it's not doing well, and I... I don't have the best feelings for it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to see anybody's game fail, of course. Um, but it seems like we had a whole period of, of all this esports. Every, everything was esports, 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 esports. blowing up the are, tempted. Are, are we in a bubble or, 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 or what? Or is this just uh, this, this change in things just a, a temporary thing? I don't think we're in a bubble. I think leadership in esports is changing from companies that specialize in esports and and versus like publishers um i think publishers never really fully meant to get into esports a lot of the time i think they could do it well like you can totally do it well as a publisher if you if you want to but a lot of these publishers half asset and you can see it in the esport and it peters off eventually it's really big in the beginning because it's something new and something consumable and then it drops off once people realize there's not much sustenance behind it I think it's not a bubble, and I think the viewership is going to keep growing, and it's never going to go down from where it is now. Like more people are getting connected, more people are growing up on games than have ever grown up on games. Uh, it would be amazing to me to see esports reverse. Um, there are steps forward and steps backwards, and that's inevitable with esports. I think people are taking risks and stepping away from them. Like that happens. I think Overwatch League is a huge, like that, and then you know back a bit. Like, you, you think it's a mistake? They're good. I, I agree with you. I, I don't. I think taking those steps in that direction is really big, but I think it's too big for where we are. If this was twenty, I feel. Like, I feel like it's very forced. It's very. Forced. It's very like. It should have been. It's a, almost too much. Like, oh man, 
Like, That's what I mean. This it's game's not even out yet, and you've already decided that like everybody wants a team in every city. And the um, teams are all taking the jump at it because it's it's like a possible like Bitcoin investment almost, where it's like it could be the hugest thing ever, or it could just be nothing. Yeah. Um, and it, that that is a bubble for sure. By the way, to answer that question, but that's not esports as a whole. Just that, I think Overwatch is one hundred percent a bubble. Uh, yeah. But esports as a whole, totally not. And I do think, you know, two steps forward, one step back, or just keep going forward in the right direction. But it, we will take steps in the wrong direction every now and then. But overall, we're climbing the mountain for esports. Thank you for doing this podcast, Jake. Hmm. This is the third one, right? Third or fourth? Third or fourth? I think this is the third. We got to get you a punch card, man. <laughs> Your fifth one. You get here. something. Thanks for watching, guys. I love you. We will be going to the after show now. If you're interested in watching that or just supporting us here, go to patreon.com forward slash tasteless podcast. This episode was produced by State, artwork by Al Arise, music by Mark Lentz. Special thanks to our top supporters on Patreon, Seth N., Rohit Somebody, John Kernicki, and Charlie Sheever. 